Hey, Aaron, did you see this New York Times article on the Nobel Prize winners in uh, physiology or medicine this year? Kayla, I was the one who literally texted it to you. Oh, you you de- you definitely were, in fact, the one who sent me that article. How cool is this, though? For those of you uh, who Aaron didn't send this article to, uh, David Julius and Artem Pachapushin, I probably butchered that name, uh, were honored for their discoveries on how to how heat, cold, and touch can initiate signals in the nervous system. Uh, pretty big stuff right there. This is literally what we talk about trying to understand more of all the time, the point of this podcast. But, um, if we can understand how our body is processing pain and different thresholds like that, then we can help more and more people in a positive way. Yeah. It's so exciting because like we said last time, new research takes like 20 years to get into practice. So the more information and research being recognized publicly like this will hopefully speed up that process some and continue to shed more light on how our bodies are working. The Nobel Prize, people. Like, that's a big freaking deal. It's the biggest deal, it's the biggest actually. Deal. Some would argue it's the it biggest is. deal. It is. <laughs> and this is how we change more lives sooner. So pretty awesome. Welcome. This is Body, Brain, and Pain. I'm Dr. Erin Babineau, an orthopedic specialist and public health physical therapist. And I'm Dr. Kayla Conway, a pediatric physical therapist that specializes in chronic pain. In this podcast, we will continue to dive into the ideas and research around why we hurt, the confusions and misconceptions that come with this, and how to be the best advocate for yourself in our ever-changing healthcare system. So, welcome back. This week, Kayla... I had a conversation with a patient who's had a really tough time lately, and literally we spent today's visit on them requesting that the only way they can move forward with physical therapy is with medication. What did you say to them? This is not an uncommon discussion in our office. No. Probably the most, honestly, it might be the most common conversation. It is. Right. It's, it's literally, I always say that we're tour guides through their medical options and, and that, okay, we're in full support if we look into this, but then how do we move forward? And I reminded them that they still have to be an active part of their care. So I reviewed the four things that they need to prioritize still. And I believe you were the biggest take home with this. And it's pretty amazing. But can you remind everyone what those things are, Kayla? Yeah, so it's those four areas of your life. that school or work. So remember, you know, I teach pediatrics or teach. I You are teaching. I, yeah. It is, yeah. I'm a physical a pediatric PT. But, you know, school or work, your social life, your sleep, and your exercise or your sports. Um, and medication is the optional piece. We're using medication as a means to help you normalize these things by giving you to a threshold that you can start participating. Um, and yeah, if you're using medications, you have to prioritize these these four things. And you know, the big thing is how are you going to normalize these things? The key word being you, because in order to improve pain, you have to take an active role in improving them. And you're the one in your body, right? So um, that's exactly what I said to them. I literally said, I can really support you with that. 
I get it. I'm not anti-medication. Okay. But we can't stop these other things. You have to have good sleep hygiene. You have to continue to participate in your social life and your work life. And you have to, um, continue to move. You can't stop moving. So the things that we are going through with movement goals, walking goals, finding some connection with those goals, just because you're getting on medication and that edge was maybe taken off a little bit doesn't mean you stop those things because the medication might allow you to do those things, but the things that are helping you are those normalizations. Often it's the largest things that make the biggest difference. So, um, yeah. And those are the things that are helping you and actually helping you with your pain. So today's episode is to really remind people why we need to normalize all of those things. Again, those things being sleep, exercise, participation in work or school and your social life. And we definitely have separate episodes. Michelle and I covered a lot of that in our first, you know, I think 10 to 20 episodes there. Um, and why they're so important in their own entities and the research behind that. But today we're going to kind of have a broad focus on why you have to be involved in your own care to feel better. Absolutely. We are, as physical therapists, setting expectations for people. Most people I see an outpatient, and I know, Erin, we talk about this all the time. Patient wants to know, what a theme here, four things. (laughs) They want to know when they first see us, how long is it going to take for me to feel better? What can I do to make myself feel better? What can you do to make me feel better? And what's my prognosis? How long, you know, what's the likelihood that I'm going to be okay? Um, This person might not be able to lay these things out clearly like this, but that's really what, you know, studies have showed that's what, what they care about, what they need to know when they come in, in the clinic. Um, and it's important that these questions are answered right away in the treatment Mm -hmm. process. Being on the same page. What a theme. We (laughs) talked about that last time, but we all want the same things and we, yes, we need to answer those questions. And usually those questions are answered through some of these things we're talking about prioritizing, right. And then being active in your own care. Absolutely. You have to move. You have to be involved in your care. Um, you know, PTs determine progress through goals. That's, that's how we determine whether or not you're getting better. And our goals for our patients with persistent pain is inherently formed around setting expectations. We don't promise that pain is going to be a zero because pain is an essential part of life. It's how we know to stop doing things. It's how we know, you know, to, um, or modify. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We never Um, really want you to stop. These words are important. (laughs) These words are very important. It depends on what you're doing. Yeah, it does. Um, but our focus instead is on function. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We always say function improves before pain will decrease. And there's no easy way around this work. No, there really isn't. You can't shortcut it. Mm -mm. You just can't. And nobody wants to hear that. No Mm -hmm. one wants to hear that you can't shortcut it. No one wants to hear that there's not a quick fix. We wish there was, right? (laughs) We would be geniuses and we would be rich if that was a a thing. Um, But all of this, you know, all of the the education that we provide, this entire podcast, this is because we have to retrain, retrain our master organ. We have to retrain our brain. That's what we're doing through exercise, through pain neuroscience education. Um, you know, I, 
my biggest example is when I'm working with kids and they don't want to go to school because of pain. One of the first things I tell them and specifically I tell their parents is that pain cannot be a reason that you are not going to school. Because if you're going to be in pain at school, you're also going to be in pain at home. What is the difference? And really what the difference is, is that if you avoid school or work for those adults of us, um, because we're in pain, we are training our neuro circuits to perceive that going to school is a bad thing or going to work is a bad thing. And what is that going to do? Continue to facilitate this idea that it's something that we need to avoid. Mm -hmm. And it's not a functional thing to avoid school and work. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not functional. Again, what are, what's our focus? It's on function. We need to change our neurosystems and we need to focus on how well these areas of our life are functioning. Mm -hmm. You know, these are all these areas we talked about earlier, school, sports, or exercise, social life, sleep. These are the things that we're going to focus our goals on in physical therapy. And we're talking, just to remind people, you know, persistent pain that's been around for more than three to four months. Um, we've talked about that in previous episodes with the different types of pain. Of course, we have injuries on the job and we yeah. have to modify. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about no specific injury, but we know neuromuscularly we're having that increased response, which is a different type of pain. And so we really want people to understand that, uh, that we, we, we know the difference when you come in our office. So, totally. yeah. And I'm coming from that in an outpatient world where I see all the things. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I think you said it really well, Kayla, you know, the primer for pain management is honestly understanding pain more. So, uh, I find in the outpatient world, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, but I have a lot of people come in, they're doing awesome things, but there's no understanding of why they're doing it. And so, we are explaining what's happening in their nervous system and why it's important and really why normalizing those four things are huge. So it sounds really basic, but I've worked with people for, you know, up to four or five visits sometimes on just getting in a routine and problem solving with them. So, um, and the largest goal that Kayla and I, and most PTs, um, are truly so that you find autonomy in that and in your body. And of course, um, this takes an effort where you have to be involved as, as well as I do <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah. And, and part of that is figuring out that puzzle together of what that means to you, which is really person specific. Yeah. I mean, we're in the business of empowerment. We're empowering you to do what you want when you want and live your life how you truly want doing these things that you love. That's, that's our goal. Mm -hmm. So how can we do that? You know, we talk all the time. We are your tour guides to help mm -hmm. you figure out how to do that. We are your biggest resource for figuring out how to normalize those areas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, exercise is a big part, but, you know, problems solving through your day is another. Um, and, you know, we are the best people to do that with. Um, I was listening to a podcast one of my favorite podcasts, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. And he had this um, man, Andrew Huberman, on, who's a neuroscientist and Stanford professor in neurobiology. And he said, our core biology is designed to move us toward pleasure and move us away from pain. And he was saying that, you know, that includes our specific goal-directed behaviors. And 
he said, we, you know, we, we tend to look toward any technology that we can to meet these goals that we have. Um, but he also goes on to talk about sleep, nutrition, and behavior. These are the things that get us back to our fundamental pieces of life. And he talks about how we only have to do those things 80% mm-hmm. of the time, right? Mm-hmm. We're not looking for perfection. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as 100% of the time that we're following through with these things. I mean, we're all human, mm-hmm. right? Totally agree. We're 100% human. And um, even when we, you know, I mean, you get this an outpatient in your one day a week outpatient. Mm-hmm. Kayla is mostly in inpatient, but... I especially get it with it when you're finishing up with a patient and they're going into real world. Yeah. Uh, and I remind people like we be kind to ourselves. We are human. Um, musculoskeletal colds happen. That does not mean we're broken. It does not mean something is going haywire. It just means we got to listen and maybe we have to get back to the basics sometimes. Okay. I haven't heard that one in a long time, but mm-hmm. you talked about this in a previous episode, right? Musculoskeletal colds. Mm-hmm. I love right? it. Right? Mm-hmm. Just like a cold where we're all aware of colds, mm-hmm. right? It is it is fall, you know? Yeah. It's cold season <laughs> coming up, but, you know, the, remember these, these colds in our musculoskeletal system, these aches and pains in our musculoskeletal system that are just like colds, a mm-hmm. normal part of life. Normal part of life. Not normal to have it all day, every day. Of course, that's when you should seek out a physical therapist that deals with that type of population and what you're dealing with, but persistent pain. pain. Uh, But yeah, we're here for you. Absolutely. And you can take control over your body. You can get control back. Right. You can be autonomous in your care. Absolutely. In your life. So, okay, Kayla. I think that's a great place to wrap things up. Um, hopefully that's helpful and a little motivational speaking for everyone's week this week and to keep it up, keep up on those basics and those routines and being involved in how you treat your body every week and every day, even just 80% of the time. But I'm a big proponent of that. Of We do also have to live our life and those joys. So um, Moving forward, our new tradition, and it's my turn to ask you, Kayla, but what brought you joy this week? What helped you fill some of those boxes? Oh, my goodness. I went to Hassan Minhaj at the Northrop last week. Awesome. One, really great to be back in a theater again Uh to see a live show. Mm -hmm. Extra great to be watching a stand-up comedian do his thing. I laughed so hard. My cheeks hurt for a day. <laughs> I, my friend that I went with, we both, we just kept holding our cheeks, looking at each other. Oh my gosh, my cheeks hurt. Um, and then of course I was like, why do I feel so good? Even mm-hmm. the next day, besides my cheeks hurt from mm-hmm. obvious pain. I knew why. But good pain, right? right exactly. Muscle soreness. <laughs> Muscle soreness because I use them so much. Um, but I was like, why do I feel so good? Like, why am I feel so light? You know, I had released so so much, um, you know, just heaviness with all that laughter. And then of course I had to look into a study of like, I knew there were studies out there and I found this study and we'll, we'll include it in our references, but, um, there was a study about laughter and pain and how, you know, after laughter, um, pain thresholds are significantly, um, higher, which, if you think about it, that is meaning that you can tolerate more pain after you laugh. Um, so 
you know, there's my little science experiment. It worked. Back to basics. <laughs> I'm going to uh, pump up our podcast here, but we have a whole episode on finding joy in movement. And that is, we don't get into specifics of laughter, but we do talk about the science behind finding joy, which includes laughter, right? And you know what they suggested in this study was that this is an endorphin-mediated opiate yes. effect. And um, what we know about that, that's uh, like a pain medication yeah. type effect, <laughs> right? But this was a natural medication natural. created by your body's response to laughter. Which is amazing. Your body is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Full circle to um, Nobel Prize. There they it is. get into a lot of that, or that is what a lot of their, it wasn't on laughter, but it was on how these, these, um, receptors work so pretty cool awesome awesome have a great week everyone have a good week you guys